Welcome into the best in paranormal programming. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. So I got to tell you, folks, secretly, I'm a huge fan of comedy and comedians. You wouldn't believe how many times I've been to a stand-up show, how many times over the past, gosh, I don't know, 40 years, 45 years, I've found myself sitting in front of a television in a live show, taking in a comedian and just marveling at the performance. And how many comedians I've actually seen, how many comedians in their heyday, how many comedians as the sun is setting on their career that I've seen. I've seen everybody from Carlin to Pryor to Eddie Murphy to Damon Wayans. I can't tell you how many I've seen live and in person. There's one, though, that I never got to see in person. And one that we're going to talk about today, one that died really in his heyday. And one that our guest, who's not the first psychic medium we've ever had on the program, has had the pleasure of making contact with on the other side. One that all of the comedians that I've just named have cited as their inspiration, their muse, the one that got them into the game, particularly Richard Pryor and George Carlin. I'm talking about Lenny Bruce, the same man who's inspired not only just comedians, but inspired rock bands, inspired philosophers, inspired major people of our day to put them into their art. We'll talk about what it was about Lenny Bruce, who at his time, in his time, was considered obscene, who was considered a pariah, really. But when we look at him through today's eyes, is considered not only a rebel, but considered a, a, a person who's in the forefront of free speech, a person who changed the landscape, not only of comedy, but changed the landscape of free speech as we know it. Yet you'd be surprised what he says now from the other side. We'll talk about that with our guest, Linda Maris, who is the psychic medium and now author of a brand new book that's out there that we're going to talk about today, and I'm excited to talk about today. And I think you're going to be excited to read it. And I'll tell you a little bit about Linda's book. Linda's new book is entitled Hypocrisy Versus Mysticism, Wisdom, and Morality. And that book is about her journey and how she exactly came into contact with Lenny Bruce. Let me tell you a little bit about Linda before we bring her on. Linda was born and raised in Glen Cove, Long Island, and presently lives in Manhattan. The book is her first automatic writing experience, and she has a background as a comedic and dramatic actress. As a personal fitness trainer, Linda has been a member of the New York City Street Singers since 1993, a chorus founded by folk legend Pete Seeger. There's something interesting we may talk about today as well. Uh, she also performs with the late bebop musician Barry Harris's Jazz Choir. Let's bring her in now to Darkness Radio. Let's welcome in Linda Maris. Hi, Linda. Hello. Uh, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm... Um um, I've done a lot of things today that I needed to do, so <laughs> right now I'm fine. Just not having to think about too many th other things to do, so it's a good time. That is a good time. Let me ask you about this. Let's start off the program by 
by digging into your own background, and, and I want to talk a little bit about, first of all, a lot of what we normally talk about when, when we were talking with a psychic medium and, and how exactly their, their abilities burgeon for the first time. Now, with psychic sensitives, there's always the quote-unquote origin story. Um, how do you discover at first that you have some sort of sensitivity or psychic ability? How does that, how does that manifest with you? Oh, well, it started with psychometry, which is holding personal objects. And I've done shows around that mm-hmm. um, where a person will give me a ring, um, a necklace or whatnot. Metals are most sensitive. And I would clairaudiently see pictures or hear trans clairaudiently um, hear and see clairvoyance, clairsentience. And um, I started to trust it because people were telling me I was accurate. I used to go to these singles weekends and hotels and, and tried it there. And, and they end up hiring me and told me I was accurate and um, I was authentic. And um, it, was, it was exciting and different. So I did this and um, kept doing it. And, um, and then this interesting thing happened to me where I was walking down my street one day on a day I usually don't take off from work and um, passed by a building that um, was um, the daughter of of Lenny and she was not living there anymore. And, but I just got a sense that something was up that, and um, I found out that they were throwing out her um, material, her her archive on her father. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that to happen. I was there in the nick of time. The garbage bag was about to go on the street. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get and to that here. We'll, we'll talk about that and how you came across uh, the, the stuff of Lenny's and, and how you started to channel Lenny here in a moment. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about you first and, and, and yeah. some of the different abilities that you have because I find it fascinating that the the ability to be able to touch an object and be able to get that sensation or be able to bring a spirit forward. You know, a lot of times when we talk about psychic mediumship, you talk about being clear audience, being able to hear a spirit and being able to touch an object that belonged to somebody and being able to bring forward that spirit. I want to be able to delve into that that ability just a moment here. Um, for me, I, I want to be able to get a sense of what that's like. So if I can ask you here real quick, Linda, um, give me an idea here. Like, let's say I, I present an object to you, like say a ring, because there's, there's something yeah. interesting that you put in your book here, which is called Hypocrisy Versus Mysticism, Wisdom, and Morality. Um. You say there's certain objects you don't want put in front of you, things like a, a used toothpick or something that. Why? Why <laughs> no. is that? I was I was I was curious as to why there's things like you know like if I take a toothpick out of my mouth or there are certain uh, objects. Do you want to hold a toothpick that somebody had took their teeth out? <laughs> I just I had to like um, limit certain things that were a little gross <laughs> that would have been appealing. Um, I mean, metals, as I said, work the best. So I had no problem with okay. with um, feeling feeling what was going on. Um, 
it's it's wild how it all works. Um, I just had to trust it, and and you get the confidence when people tell you you are accurate. You 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 hit on them correctly, and it was who they are. And um, I I don't like to be like anyone that says, oh, I see this in your future. Oh, I, I, I didn't want to be one of those type of people. I sure. just want whatever I felt, whatever I really, really perceived about a person was what I wanted to give to a person. Uh, and I wanted to heal. Mm-hmm. That was my main objective, is to heal. And I just had to go along with it. And then I put it aside for a while, just like I put this manuscript aside for many years mm-hmm. and um the it, it was all just amazing how it all worked out it was trust it was just hearing feeling and trust now and um, with with metals you say metals work better than than other objects that someone may have had what, what is it about the metal that is so conducive to picking up someone's vibration do you know it's the way that um, it, it just seems to transcend more of of all that you want to feel about a person okay. than a fabric. For me, I mean, if somebody holds a fabric a lot, um, then of uh, yes, it it will. I will be able to to read that person. But metals usually people wear like uh, watches are worn more. Okay. Bracelets are worn more. Necklaces, keys are picked up the most. You're always working with your keys, so there's more of the person uh, in the okay. metals. Do they tend to hold my vibration more than say, like the sweatshirt I'm I'm wearing right now? Is it? I would say so. Okay. I would say from what I've experienced, yes. Okay. Even your glasses. Really? Okay. Sure. Okay. I, that's interesting. I I I just uh, it's. The other thing I, I guess too is is if I have a favorite, uh, like say this is my favorite sweatshirt I wear it once a week, that doesn't necessarily mean anything more than my glasses. Even if I if it's something I depend on rather than something that I cherish more, would the de- thing I depend on carry well, more you, energy than the thing I cherish? If you cherish and touch it a lot, mm-hmm. and you're going, you're wearing, you know, wearing a lot, mm-hmm. and you're touching it, sure, I'm sure something will know come through there on on your sweatshirt or your special clothing okay i just i find that fascinating the the that particular (laughs) gift is very fascinating to me it it, you know it it's one thing to say well i'm i'm getting i'm sensing somebody coming through when someone's sitting in front of you it's another thing to say well now i'm i don't have any contact with necessarily anybody that you know but i'm getting them through something that they own or something that they've had contact with because that's a totally different way to channel them or totally different way to get their energy and then pick them up and then get their spirit to come through. To me, that's a fascinating gift. And sometimes I'll just be sitting across from somebody and I'll get a picture in my mind. Um, And I'll say, does your cat need to lie on its back more or it's going to somehow lie on its back more i I mean it was a weird picture Mm -hmm. and she said i do have a cat and she i try to put her on her back but she doesn't like to be on her back i said well i see her on her back 
I mean, and and then I find out that she's on her back. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's it's just weird. Hmm. It, it amazes me. I, I never get overconfident. I never get my ego in the way or anything. I just get what the gift offers, and I just deliver it. Now, this this gift of being able to. And I've, I'm sorry, again, I forget the name of the gift, being able to put your hand on something, getting the, the psychic messages. Psychometry. Psychometry, that's it. See, I'm getting older, Linda. I, I'm forgetting okay. stuff already. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> gift of uh, psychometry, being able to being able to use or utilize that gift. Do you, do you remember the very first time that you, you got that gift of psychometry? Did you remember? I was in a class. Instance? I was in a class. Um and there was this couple giving psychometry classes and I was curious because I started going to seances for whatever reason, um, maybe for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. And I found out about this class and um, I was, we were in little groups and we all exchanged jewelry or whatnot. And I started sensing things about people and, um, and they told me, wow, that's true. Um, and I said, oh, I'm getting something. So maybe I should keep doing this. And I just started to practice it. And, um, and it came about just like the automatic writing, hmm. which um, came about. Now, th did the automatic writing start before you met Lenny? Or was that specifically that was, something that Lenny that brought was about? The, that was the beginning. Okay. That was the first of the first of that. Okay, and we'll talk about that here in a moment as well. I want to ask you about a an experience, and it's a little bit of a difficult experience that you write about in the book, um, because I did have a question about that as well. You talk about an experience when you were young uh, with two boys at a lake where they were tugging on your swimsuit. Yeah, yes. And they, and I'll let you tell the story, because there's, there's something particularly powerful there where you heard a voice. Can you can you oh, explain to our audience God. what that was? These are the sure, these are the stories I never forget. I can I can talk about this as as if it happened yesterday. Okay. I was at um a beach in our town city really. Mm -hmm. Um and um I was about to jump off a float at a three-piece suit on, a little skirt over my little bikini or whatever. And I jumped in the water and a few guys came over and started tugging at my suit, trying to take it off. And, um, and then they started dunking me. And, um, and I, I, it, it was just horrible that it wouldn't stop. And I just I was giving up. I, was, I couldn't fight anymore. I was giving up. And I looked up before I went down in the water. I looked up and I, I said, like, is this it to myself, you know, in the voice to myself. And I heard this loud, no. And all of a sudden I felt as if somebody else was swimming in my body. Some other force was swimming my body to the float to, and, and then to the shore. I, and I was like, like I said, in the backseat of a car looking as if I'm out of control here. Uh, my body is moving, but I'm not willing it. And it's just 
swimming. My arms are moving and swimming. And it's like I, I stepped aside hmm. and went somewhere else. But I saw what was happening. Okay. But it wasn't my will. I wasn't willing my body to swim. It was another energy that took over. When you Complete. look, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there, but when, oh, no, no, no. when you look back on that experience with the wisdom that you've acquired since you've, you've really opened up to your gifts, who do you believe that voice was and who do you believe took you over at that point? Well, I was about 16 or 17. Uh, I was young. Um, it was a male voice, very, like, was it God? It could have been, or it could have been the, um, the spiritual force as God, a God-like force, guardian angel. Um, all I know is that I couldn't identify who it was. And I was too young, and it was, a, it, was a new, it was an experience that I didn't know how to question then. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to really do anything about it or talk about it. As a kid, I mean, you're not as verbal. You're not as equipped yeah. to understand. Yeah. And um, and I fact, like, um, as of now, I just know that I was protected. Whatever divine intervention you might want to call it, I was protected a number of times. Mm -hmm. And it just happened, and then it was over. It wasn't like I went over to the guys the next day and said, you creeps, oh, or no, anything like no. that. Right. I didn't communicate like that. Right. I didn't do that. I didn't even tell my mother right. who was at the beach at the time. When, And in those situations, when we do escape those situations, and we, we feel that gratitude, like we, we escape that situation, a lot of times, we, like you mentioned, we don't have that foresight to go back and think about how we got out of it but or, or what got us out of it but in foresight since you have had that contact especially with lenny have you ever thought about because when you when you read this book folks i'll tell you this much the wisdom that comes out of lenny is amazing and again we'll talk about that in the second half of the program but has lenny ever come forward and said to you linda this is who came forward and helped you in that day i didn't hear that but yet depends if I were 17 or 16, because I was 17 when he passed, and it was the summer. So I don't know if it was July or August. He passed in August. And um, so I really can't say for sure. I can't say for sure, but it could have been. Okay. He could have protected me. It could have been him. But I, I, he didn't tell me that he did that. So I really can't say that. I know. Okay. I, I just, because he has come forward and given you so much information uh, throughout the, the short time that you two have been talking, uh, that I would almost think that, and he's been a very open book with you on a lot of different subjects. I would think that even if you were to, at this point, if you were to try to contact him and ask him, I would think he would, he might come forward and tell you that. It could have been, but there's other forces you know, we all have um, protective forces, um, our guardian angels, too. So, it I, as I said, I can't recall. 
but someone was there. I think the clue is in the book. I don't think it's him, but I think the clue is in the book. I read it in the book. Um, I, I'll tell you off air. I, I won't spoil it here. I want people to read read the book, Linda, because it's a it's a fascinating answer as to who was there that day that that I think saved you. Um, and it it's it's a testament to the fact that if you're a skeptic, you shouldn't be as skeptical as you you are, uh, because you are truly protected. It's it's a fascinating story, that's for sure. I tell you what, we're going to take our break right here. When we come back, I want to I want to get into the story and and Linda sees it a little bit as to how she ran across the spirit of Lenny Bruce, and how she started to channel Lenny Bruce, and what message he had. Now, keep in mind, as Lenny died, Lenny had, let's just say, a very tragic death. And it was, uh, it was a very tumultuous end to Lenny Bruce. We'll talk about how that tumultuous end to Lenny Bruce became a very spiritual beginning in the afterlife and a very uplifting beginning to Lenny Bruce on the other side. When we come back, we'll talk to Linda about the beginnings of her relationship on the other side with Lenny Bruce and what exactly he has to say. The book is Hypocrisy Versus Mysticism, Wisdom, and Morality. Linda Maris is our guest. She's the author of this wonderful book. We've got a link to it in the description of this program. Go ahead and click on that link and order it right now. When we come back, more with Linda Maris right here on the Best in Paranormal Programming. You're listening to Darkness Radio. Welcome back to the Best in Paranormal Programming. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. Our guest is Linda Maris, a psychic medium author, and she has a brand new book out there called Hypocrisy Versus Mysticism, Wisdom, and Morality. It's all about uh, her psychic journey and her psychic relationship with Lenny Bruce, famed comedian, and uh, some people would say famed philosopher, if you want to put it that way, Linda. Um Although he would argue that, I know that from from the other side, and uh, in, in the the book, I'll tell you this much, folks: it will change the way you think when you when you sit down and read this book. It will change the way you think about Lenny Bruce. It will change the way that you think about your own life. There's a lot of interesting tidbits uh, that come from him from the other side. And if you think, well, I don't know, uh, it, it, the skepticism comes up automatically, Linda. I'll tell you when you think, oh, uh, I know. On, did you really? That's did, why it took me over 37 years to do this. I'm sure. <laughs> but but I'll tell you when I'll, I'll tell you, I did a little compare and contrast. I went and I watched some of Lenny's film footage out there. And then I compared it to the speech patterns in the book. It's very similar. It's very um, similar. So I, people can't say, nah, I don't know, this doesn't sound like Lenny's words. The speech patterns are there. Even some of the things he uses, like the the term for being high, juiced, is right there. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of similar a lot of similar stuff there. So it's it'd be very hard for for you to, to, for me to say that you made this up off the top of your head. 
there's a lot of there's a lot of similar stuff there. So, oh, wait. yeah, that so. that's why I knew that it was authentic because I said, "Where this this whole language is? It's not the way I speak." And um, some of the words that were said were pretty wild, but I had to leave it because then I would take away from what he wanted to say. Yeah, how he expressed himself. And there's a the the way he describes his legal battles in the book is a lot of the way he described his legal battles in public, the way that he described it uh, on stage and in into in people. So it's it's uh, there's a lot of things that are very similar here. So uh, again, I, I encourage you to to pick up the book and and take a good look at it. It's very very interesting. So you had mentioned it in the previous segment, uh, segment, Linda. But again, so you came across Lenny's belongings. Re- refresh our memory: how you came across Lenny's belongings. I took off. I took off a day of work that I usually don't take off because that was the day I get paid. I was temping and doing all these odd jobs. Um, and, um, I just happened to walk out of my apartment and walk down three doors down from my building. And, and I just got, I just stopped. Like I couldn't like, as if like I was forced to stop. I was just like, huh? And I see somebody throwing out a garbage bag. And I just said, what's going on here? And, um, and then I was told what happened and, um, and I was able to take these things home. Um, and, um, and they let me take them home. And I had, I had 165 pounds of paper in my apartment. Jeez. No, and, uh, there were, was, there were tapes in there as well, weren't there? Yes. Yes. There were, um, real to real tapes, um, and um photos um the or they say this photo how to talk dirty and influence people that photo oh I yeah had that photo oh wow i have a proof i have it i have pictures of pictures and video okay and um what else do i have well scripts i don't even remember i all these court transcripts were halfway up my kitchen wall really in the book it's in the book the pictures yeah are in the book. yeah 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 that's amazing you know, just, you know just you know and um it was it was just a wild experience i had only my brother there who took the pictures and, a, and one friend of mine i was afraid to tell the comedy community mm-hmm. i didn't know mm-hmm. what was going to happen because i didn't know how long they were going to be there the, the memorabilia was going to be in my apartment and the neighbor helped me send um, send it all back to the daughter, and um, and um, it was saved. It was just saved, and and now it's saved in a museum. Not a museum. Um, the Comedy Center. That's amazing. The Comedy Center. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, it was just you know, when we're talking about 1987. Right. And that's all happened. So I'm trying to remember a lot. It's it's um I just remember all these boxes and pictures and and scripts and um but those court transcripts I I just 
will never forget them. I might have just, I looked through them quickly, but I didn't really read them. I was too excited, nervous, you know, anxious. Um, I, I almost didn't believe this was happening. And why me, you know, of all people? So, um, yeah, it, it happened. So you fall, this treasure trove falls into your lap and you ask that question, why me? Meanwhile, his daughter was promised, and I don't think it's any great secret, his daughter was promised by the landlord that he was going to hold on to these things for her. Yes. He reneges on the yes. promise. That's right. That's right. I, it was terrible. It was a big file cabinet. Nobody can just take that right out. I mean, you need to have someone carry it out and and things had to be done in, in a certain way. And um, that's, it was, it was almost a tragedy. That's all. It was also, it was, it would have been all lost. Did, did the landlord realize what was in this file cabinet that he was getting rid of this potential treasure trove of, of Lenny Bruce's legacy? It was the porter. I don't know. They knew that who she was. I, I believe they knew who she was. I really don't know what happened there. It was just um, terrible that, um, I, I mean, someone else, anyone, I don't even consider myself a real hero. Any decent person or neighbor would have done what I did. True, but the, there's not a lot of people that would step up. You know, I, I think a lot of people would say, well, what am I going to do all with all this? And they think about themselves first and they think about, well, where am I going to put all this? How long am I going to hold on to it? Is anybody really even going to take this off my hands? You know, and they, they might look at it as junk over treasure and then they probably think, well, where am I going to dump it? You know, rather than try to get it back to his daughter. I think you did take steps above and beyond to try and do what you could with it. And that, that puts you above a lot of other people, Linda. Well, some people tried, said I was stupid. I should have sold no, things. No, and no. That I was stupid. I was a fool. That, that's awful. Yeah. That's terrible. That would have been the, the worst thing that, that would have happened. And not only him having to leave what ha the way he did and, and how he was not able to work anymore or anything like that. And, 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 um, and then to have to be on the other side to see this go on a garbage barge, no way. Yeah. I couldn't let that happen. Maybe we can we could tell people what did Lenny think about you rescuing that stuff and eventually getting it to his daughter. What did he say to you about that? I have to read through what he said because it's his words. <laughs> it's his words. I it's a, it's a, a he was a very appreciative. I, I knew that. Well, we don't have, I, I we can say it for a bit. And, and his words, his words are also important to him. They, they are verbatim, verbatim. We could just say he was, he was grateful. I mean, you know, we could, if people want to get the exact words, they can get the book. I mean, that's, that's, although let me see if I could, I could bring it up briefly. Um, I know he, he did say he was, well, we'll just say briefly that he uh, just verbatim. He was very grateful. I know that he was great, very grateful to you that that he was able to get that there. It seems like as he moved over to the other side, there was less of a uh, 
focus on himself, more of a focus on humanity, which was was not quite the Lenny Bruce that I think we saw on stage. Is that is that fair to say? What I was so naive about him that I still like. I'll be honest with you. I understand George Carlin. When George Carlin gets out and he talks, I understand him more. Lenny went over my head many times when I listened to some of his bits. I'm, I'm being brutally honest about that. I really he, he was he, kind of he a, lost me at times. He was kind of a scattershot type guy. You know, he'd start in one line of of thought and then boom, jump to the right. And he was on to something else, and you really had to follow him. I mean, it was it was a conscious effort to listen to his his comedy, especially in the later years. The later years, when he would get on a rant with, especially if you watch the the video of him talking about the the different cases uh, of of what he was going through, he was very angry, very angry, and would would go after. Uh, when he went after the Supreme Court, when he was talking about standing in front of Thurgood Marshall, and then he'd go from one to the other and talking about lawyers that wouldn't defend him. And, and it was hard for him to stay on one tangent because he was jumping around and he was trying to, I mean, he was his anger was split into different places and he couldn't stay on one one tangent and stay there and, and enough to try and, generate humor you know i mean he would remember oh yeah i'm up here to generate humor and then he'd throw out a funny line yeah and then towards the end of this this particular hour i was watching it was like oh yeah and then the last 15 minutes i'll bring up some of my greatest hits and then he you know he did some of his bits and then he got the audience laughing i think this was a, uh, this was an hour out of san francisco in 1965 mm -hmm. And it was like, ooh, Lenny, you know, and people were laughing along because they, they, they got that he was, you know, but they also, I think they also got that, you know, this is a guy who's really, really angry right now, um, which was tragic. But then you see some of the, the earlier stuff and you get, you know, you get where he's going, but man, you're talking about a guy who's brilliant, but at the same time, a guy who's, you know, he's zipping around. Which leads to this question, and I've gone on a little bit of a diatribe myself and zipped around a little bit here, Linda. Do you think when you look at what you've looked at as far as Lenny Bruce here on this plane, that we're looking at more than just a genius here? We're looking at a guy that maybe had some issues? We might say it might be attention deficit disorder. or Depression. Or depression. Or something that might have been chemical. Well, he was drug addicted. Um, I don't know if they had good medicine for depression at that time. Um, and um, I didn't. I didn't know him. I it, he, he expresses what he did in the book. Mm -hmm. um, that's all I know from what I channeled. Um, I really didn't know him. I, so it's it's it's. It's weird. It's, um, you know, it's still weird to me. I, because, you know, although they did have some good stuff there, they were also mistreating people who were depressed at that time as well. And, and I wonder if he was ever clinically um, diagnosed. I don't know. I, 
I, I believe he, maybe he didn't believe in psychiatry. He didn't believe they can help him. Yeah. I don't know. Inter- it's, a, it's an it's, interesting question. I know that. I mean, that's the, the drugs. Um, I don't like opiates just, just su- um, suppress the pain and, yeah. and whatever person's going through. And um, so that was his that was his relief. At the same time, it was his destruction. Yeah, he had a he had a love of his life in in Honey, his wife, his first wife, I should say. Mm-hmm. And there is a bit of a through his communicate with you. There is a bit of a. It seems like a regret that that because he ends up divorcing her. And and moving on, he had some yeah. some. Was it a, a second wife, or, or is it was it a girlfriend that that he was serious about towards the end? I don't think he was married before he passed. I think he was seeing somebody. Yeah, I think he saw two other women. One was a jazz singer. The other was um, a comedian. A comedian. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and. But yeah, I don't think he got remarried. Um, but Honey was always his great love. But there was, again, it was kind of a, you know, it was the, I, you know, you, I'm, he, she, was a, she was a stripper before he married her. He wanted to take mm-hmm. her out of the club. It was kind of that, you know, do as I say, not as I do thing. I'm going to be, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be outrageous i'm going to break the norms but i don't want you to do it either type of deal you know i don't want you to be out there breaking norms i don't want you to be out there being outrageous i want you to be here with me (laughs) it's well (laughs) you know it's the old old male function wasn't that that time women now are presidents are have different positions, higher positions. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a whole different way of seeing how men and women treat each other. And um, then uh, it's like men. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I one of the things I noticed from reading the book when, when he talks about, he talks about a few different things. If I can give this much about what he talks about. He, he does talk about how, we need to cherish our children. One of the, you know, not not putting them in danger. We put them in too much danger. Um, about cherishing them, protecting them. The other thing he talks about is is getting the family to be more of a cohesive unit. And yes. one of the things he didn't do was protecting his daughter and having that family be a cohesive unit. And I think that comes from maybe... I don't want to say it's his own guilt, but do you feel like there's guilt there that he didn't he didn't keep that marriage together with Honey? It's hard to say. Um, I can only tell you what I channeled because, as I said, I didn't know him, didn't know really who he was, yeah. and um, it's just there's so many more people could answer your question that knew him. Okay. Um, and other books written about his life. But I just channeled what I channeled. 
um, and it's whatever it is, and um, that's what I receive. Okay, okay. Let me ask you this: of all the things that and now you've you channeled them in two different years, in 1987, 2003. Right? Yes. So there were two different two different times that you you got a hold of him now you had you had got a hold of his possessions when did you turn the possessions over to whoever it is you turned it over to whether it was his daughter or whoever within two weeks two weeks i believe it was two weeks no longer um if you read up further before i started channeling him it was the same year okay so i had already said i returned the um archive to the daughter now, so it's a small amount of time. And then you did the, the automatic writing with him, and he he yes. he came through with, with the majority of what was written down here. But then you reached back out to him in 2003. 2023. Oh, I'm yes. sorry, 2023, not 2003. 2023. When you reached back out to him, was there already the psychic link there, or did you need to – did you have something of his that you, you needed to – It was already – it, it was already there. Um, it was it was like I was able to to receive his information, um, and um, and and it was I had this big pad of paper. I had to really write fast because he was coming out with so many things. Um, I guess he wanted to make sure the book came out. He did want a book. He didn't know. And in spirit years, I guess he this is no big deal. Mm-hmm. This is 2023 to 1987. So he was he was there and, and, and able to keep going. And I was glad because um, there was a lot of editing that had to be done. Um, certain things that I had to not disclose. Okay. That were um, very personal. A few things. Um, and I wanted to be careful about that. Um, so I, I needed more from him. I said, I need something updated. So gladly, I mean, it happened. So there were, there were, again, I'm not going to ask you what those things were, but there were things that he had put out initially that he didn't, that he needed to retract or there were things you felt he needed to retract. Um, no, there was just some certain, um, areas um about um his ex-wife um i thought that shouldn't be put in the book ah okay i see okay um certain disclosures about her background okay i got you i got you personal things that that probably shouldn't yeah yeah and you have to think of kitty you know his daughter right i wanted to protect her yeah that's all i want to do is protect her okay and make sure she was okay yeah yeah and that's under that was really my reasoning behind all this was to help the spirit that that's the reason why i really did this book i said because a friend of mine read the unedited version and she said this is spiritually significant you should do something with this and that little encouragement got me to write you know to do the writing mm-hmm. and to and put my stories in also that led to this channeling and there is a lot of spiritually significant things here it's you know when you it's one thing to sit and watch 
Lenny do his comedy and go, woo, this is the furthest thing from spiritually significant I've seen. And then it's another to read the words from the other side and go, wow, that's that's quite the the turnaround. One of the things that, that Lenny comes out and says, and there's actually a few things he comes out and says, he, he reveals a lot about the death process. Yes. And, and the process of, of how the spirits actually, I'm looking for the term here, Linda, how, how you, how you actually find enlightenment if you don't have it on this side. And Lenny was far from enlightened as he left this world. When he left this world, as, as you point out in the book, uh, he left this world in a, a drug-fueled overdose. I mean, he, he left this world with a, supposedly, as, it, it's, as it's reported, with a syringe in his arm and a, and a burned-up bottle cap next to mm-hmm. him and had a, had a picture taken mm-hmm. of him uh, by, by uh, authorities. And supposedly, Phil Spector bought those, those photos. Uh, so that they wouldn't be released. Um, with that being said, uh, you know, you go from leaving here in that state to, you know, you have to find a way to ascend so that you can join the 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 place where he is now. He wasn't alone. He says so at, towards the end. Um, he was not alone. Um, there are loving spirits he knew or whatnot or didn't know that were there to help him along. So he wasn't um, on, on the floor. His spirit moved on. His spirit was okay. Which is good to I know. I mean, there's still, there's still stuff that he had to cleanse. That's why the, the first channeling came in. 87 was not so far from 66 and those in those spirit years, that was like really a dot of an eye. But um, he expressed himself, um, I thought, especially when he expressed how they, he said, way they disclosed him being deceased. Mm-hmm. He does talk about that a little bit. He expressed how, it's almost like poetic, the way he yeah. expressed out of the words i left in some of the strong language because that's the way i had to leave it that i left right some of the strong language i had to leave that because then i would take away from what he's saying yeah so i left in everything i possibly could um and um and it finally got done it was like it took a year to to work on this after um the, the channeling of 2023 i mean i was actually editing and still channeling as the the last part of the book was actually almost like before it was published like a month or so wow yeah is there is there anything uh, since since you published the book is is there anything that when you think about it you go back and go I wonder if I should have asked him this. Is there anything that in your mind you feel like you might have left on uh, off the table? I went through the original manuscript to make sure I didn't leave anything out that should have been there. I was going through it like a fine-tuned comb. 
And I was just making sure that I did not miss anything. And um, I did what I could do. I um, Lawyers might not be happy with the book because they're so factual. They, they're not mm -hmm. going to be open. Most of them aren't going to be open to the paranormal. I know that for some few of the lawyers I've told about um, the book. But um, I, I feel he kept, actually in the first, in 88, he said, and that's it. And then when we did the editing, we needed more than that's it. I said, no, you've got to, you got to, we want more. And I say that in the book, we want more. Right. Yeah. And, and lo and behold, he went on. And then we, I asked questions. I, I'm glad I asked questions. Right. Um, so it, it, it is, um, I think I, I feel I got what he really wanted to say. I, I, I really feel so it's a quick read, and and it, it's more definitive now. It didn't you know, seem... Less, less dense. Yeah, right. But strong, strong and powerful. It is. And some, some things you... Some some of the reading you need to read again. Very much so. Yeah. And that, and that is really like the editing that went through, because before that, there was like so many words coming at me so fast um and had to break them all down i had to break it down because then um the, i said i would i would say to a friend i said do you get the sentence she said too dense take out some of the words just, just bring it in more i said all right then i said to lenny i'm gonna do this and and he would help you know reinstate what he wanted to say maybe more to the earth plane. <laughs> there's, and, uh, there's just with one sentence, I didn't mean to interrupt here, Linda, but there's just with oh. one sentence, he can kill you with one sentence. And it, one sentence in this book can make you think for five minutes. Okay. And I found that if I can, can I just read one sentence out of the book? Sure. One sentence that'll make you go, wow. And it's this. The courts killed me, and pain has not left my soul. Think about that. For, yeah. for, supposedly for a soul that's ascended, that sentence came out. Yes. That he's still yes. working on that on the other side. The courts killed me, and pain has not left my soul. Think yes. about how beautiful. Even though they ascended to a higher realm, and, they, and, they're, and they're in a great place, and they're not who they were, destructive and all that there's this there's still remnants of, yeah. of who they were i mean as more years go by he'll probably maybe lose a lot of the funny bruce that he that his last life it might dissipate right and he, but um yeah and he, yeah, he uh, talks about lenny bruce as in the guy who was lenny bruce he doesn't talk about it as me i'm lenny bruce he doesn't say that he talks yeah. about the guy who was formerly lenny bruce Yes, and some of the poetry and um, that's in there. That yeah, he did say that in a poem. Yeah, but at the same time, he says the pain has not left my soul. In other words, you marked mm -hmm. me, but I'm not that guy. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. Some people will get more out of it than I did, or understand it more than I did. I still try to have to read back this book to because it's not my me. I, my stories are me, 
mm -hmm. the beginning, my paranormal um, stories that happened. But him, this writing was just somewhere else. The whole syntax changed. There, there's a, but just uh, there's there's so many. Just he would he would throw out just one line, just one line that that would have dual or triple meanings. And you'd have to look at it and go, that's so artistically beautiful, but so painful at the same time. Yeah. And you'd, yeah. you'd have to sit and, and there were many times here, Linda, where I'd have to stop and I'd have to, I'd have to look at it and go, really? Uh, love, de love depletes pain. It, it's such mm -hmm. a simple statement. Love depletes pain, which it does. But at the same time, mm -hmm. you have to think about it. He says, death is no struggle. Free will is God's gift. Love de depletes pain. Sin is forgiven. Simple concepts. But when you put them all together, you think it's easier said than done. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. That's why we come back more than once. We come back from different lives to learn and grow and... and um, and help our spirit. But yet we doubt it. I mean, we, we sit on this plane and we doubt it. We doubt that, that you know, there's a lot of skeptics. I mean, as a, as a human being, we doubt that, you know, we doubt that we doubt love. We doubt that sins are forgiven. We, we question, we question God at times. We question a lot. We, we walk around thinking we're, we're an ultimate being when we're not. We're frail. We're human. Mm -hmm. And we well, skeptics and um, skeptics, real skeptics, and people who are mm, don't believe um, in the spiritual realm um, will probably be the biggest skeptics. <laughs> True. Um, and um, but as I said, as I I, I when I finally had this book published i said there's a lot of spiritual growth in the sense of people opening up about the paranormal and i i feel made this this is it because i wasn't going to wait another decade yeah. to do this yeah it's, it was now or never there's a lot of good stuff in here i'll tell you that linda thank you dismal feats of excess encourage deterioration of the soul I like that line. I don't know what it is about that line, but I love that line. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's just so much in here. Again, the, there's uh, there's just a lot of good, a lot of good stuff in here. That that um, I don't know. There's a lot of good stuff in here. It, and again, it's it, like like Linda said. It's it's very compact, but the stuff that's put out there it makes you think, and it it all is very much. In Lenny's voice, it's all very much in Lenny's voice. So, I, let me ask you this, Linda: If you had, and, and we're getting close to the end of the program here, if you had to reach out to Lenny again, mm -hmm. like if somebody said to you, Linda, we absolutely have to have a, a, a one question. You have to ask Lenny one more question. Is there one on your mind that you you can think of that you'd have to ask him? That I'd have to ask him. Yeah, do you have anything burning on your mind? Uh, that yeah, you have to ask him? I would like to know the people he, he, he refers to are his special people or certain people he brings out 
that were with him and all that. If there's anyone in our human realm right now, um, who they are, more of who they are, and will I be able to reach them about this book, and would they be open to it? Oh, okay. That 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 I haven't heard from the heard names or or anything like that yet. Okay. I, I would have to say yet because things can change. I could ask. <laughs> But I know there's a guy that um, his friend um, that he wrote about, and I never heard of him, but I wrote, I channeled him, and he was still on earth when the channeling was, was a friend of his called named Joe Ansis. Yeah, Joe, right. And, um, and he wrote a whole big deal on him. So I guess he felt... He, there was a lot about that person. He he said that Joe was the only one he could truly trust, even though he stabbed him in the back, and that uh, yeah, he he wasn't particularly nice to him, but he was he was closer to him than a brother or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing something here. Something like that. I mean, I I just I said that's what he said, and he said he waits, he waits, and then I believe if he's not with us anymore, Joe then they're together, I guess. They, you know, whatever, um, wish the best. As I said, I didn't know Lenny. I didn't, and after I channeled, I, I decided to watch some of his bits and more. Yeah. I know he was, you know, that, but as I said, he wasn't the person that I would go after. I would, I would, Charlie Chaplin, as I said, Woody Allen, mm -hmm. Andy Kaufman was my one of my favorite. Yeah, I, I love Andy, I love Andy yeah. Kaufman, but um, just he's the last person or the least likely person I think would have come to me, or unless it's all about past lives and and I just don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but here I am, and here it happened, and and um, it was meant to be. Where I live, being there at the nick of time, um, helping everybody. Um, in that situation um and his oh i i sense uh oh i sense i sense his mom is here i sense his mom sally is here really yeah i just sensed it yep i think they're all here listening <laughs> really well that's probably but i just got a sense of that so um i just leave it and and be with it and um and just see what where it takes me and um whatever um i i do is wish all our souls well mm -hmm. our spirits rise and people read the book and um and appreciate who he was and is now mm -hmm. um and the younger people who watched marvelous mrs mazel would remember would know his name yes um, and, um, it's, 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 uh, it was, a, it was a lot of work to do this, but I am, I am glad I did. And, um, it's, it was, it was a big achievement, to be honest with you. It was to, to really go forth and make sure this book got out. Well, it's absolutely a huge achievement. And it's a, 
it's a it's a very very cool read. I got to tell you that you've you've uh, you've really done an excellent job here, Linda. It's like I said, it's a very compact read. It's a but it's so dense in information. It's so full of if you if you want to talk about being hit by a spiritual fire hose, that's that's the best way to to to, to put it. It it really has. I mean, if you if you just need, and you would of all the people you would think would hit you with a spiritual fire hose, it wouldn't be Lenny Bruce. But it it uh, this really is. If you need to sit down and and just get, really need to get uplifted spiritually in your day. This is the book that you need to sit down and read, especially some of the messages from Lenny are 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 one of the ones. I mean, you could pick any point in the book. I'd say after probably page twenty, and just pick a spot and read some of the messages that that Lenny has to say because they really do hit you between the eyes, and you go, "Oh yeah, you're right," mm-hmm. and it it starts to resonate within you that, that, you know what, there is a lot more to this life than what we're looking at, than just the, the physical around us. And it kind of pulls you out of your doldrums, which is the best way I can put it. And many people don't remember certain paranormal experiences they had um, and, and just put them aside or thought that people wouldn't believe them. And um, they were afraid to tell people and, um, and maybe through me and others, they can tell their story. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So not all of us can channel famous comedians. I, I wish we could, but, but what do you, as, as we head out here today, what advice do you give to people who are maybe looking to connect to either people on the other side or to maybe even to their spirit guides, or maybe they're looking to look within for their own spiritual advice. How, how do you say they go about it? I would, I would start with the meditation and, and, and speak to your, and speak to your spirit guides, be in a quiet place. Um, and, and just be open to words being heard. Don't try to think as a writer, but writers think about the words they use. This is channeling. This is relaxing your mind and letting it. Some people might call it stream of consciousness, but it's different than that. It's when it's automatic, it's not your stream of consciousness. It's the spirits speaking. So just relax your mind. Let your pen just go put silly words. You don't even know if they make sense. Don't worry about it. And um, just see where it leads you. I I don't, I feel we all have this, can have this gift. Um, and, and people have, I heard somebody channel John Lennon and a lot of people channel a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and some people just say, Oh, I channel so-and-so, but, um, and they tell their friends or a few people who they feel they can tell. Mm-hmm. So I said, that's it. I'm either going to be brave and put this on the line or not. Um, so that was it. Um, I did it. And here it is. <laughs> there it is. Hypocrisy versus mysticism, wisdom and morality is the name of the book. Linda Maris has been our guest. 
Linda, I wish you much success with that book. And uh, say hi to Lenny for us if you if you happen to run across him again. He's probably right here, but I'm not concentrating on him now. But I do see a white light behind me. <laughs> well, good. So that's okay, good. good. That's well, where I, I got a lot of the information from behind. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, maybe it will wave to him in case he is there. So okay. there you go. Okay. Well, Linda, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Thank you. Want to thank Linda Maris for being on the program today. Hypocrisy versus Mysticism, Wisdom, and Morality is the name of the book. Folks, I encourage you to get this book. It is a very compact read, but it is an incredibly interesting read. And and you want to talk, again, like I said, about getting hit by the spiritual fire hose. It literally is getting hit with the spiritual fire hose. Whether you believe it's Lenny Bruce or not, it's up to you to decide. I truly do believe that Linda channeled Lenny Bruce. When you take a look at video of Lenny Bruce versus the words that are on the page, I think they're the same words. I really do think they're the same words. And I do truly believe that Linda's channeled Lenny Bruce and you're hearing from Lenny Bruce from the other side. Uh, judge for yourself. Get the book and, and you tell me, Tim at darknessradio.com. And, and you tell me what you believe. But either way, I, I think it's uh, the, the wisdom that's on the page is, if anything, is some very good spiritual wisdom that you can turn to and and help shape your own life as you move forward and if you're a skeptic and you're looking for something to uh to help uh, maybe get you to be more of a believer then i think there's some good wisdom there to help you turn that leaf over as well coming up on the weekend folks and you know It's your turn to, as well, maybe be a light in someone's darkness as well, as we like to say. You know, as as the weekend's coming up, we get the Super Bowl coming up. That's a big uh, to-do, a big thing that uh, we all kind of gather around the TV for. Great way to be a light in someone's darkness this weekend. Invite somebody to your Super Bowl party. Or maybe you're watching the Super Bowl by yourself. Have a friend over. Have an acquaintance over, have somebody something in your world or that they mean something to somebody. Don't let somebody be alone this weekend. Have a party. Put a little party together and invite somebody over that maybe you wouldn't normally have in your circle of influence. Just a little something from you to me and from your buddies here at Darkness Radio. want to ask you to keep uh, continuing to put Bruiser's father Pop a bruiser in your prayers, in your thoughts, uh, to send good energy out for him. He's going through a particularly tough time. He's got some cholesterol around his heart, which is causing uh, an incredibly painful condition. Uh, He is back home out of the ER, but he's still through medication being treated for this condition, although he's going through a rough time right now. Uh, So we wish that you would keep those thoughts and prayers going for Pop a bruiser. If you can continue to do that, we appreciate it. I want to thank Mally Fox for being in this week. Uh, thanks, Mally, again, for doing a, a stand-up, bang-up job for us this week. We appreciate it very, very much. Uh, what else? Uh, other than that, have fun watching the Super Bowl this weekend. I'll, I'll, give you, uh, I'll give you a little hint. I'm picking the Chiefs this weekend. It's not that I favor one team over the other. It's just that I think experience means everything. And I hate to say it, but the Chiefs are on a roll lately. 
I think the Chiefs got it this weekend. So nothing against you 49er fans. I just think the Chiefs got it. That's all. One more thing before I leave you today. Folks, I got to tell you that this week I'm down five pounds. And it's not that I've been trying all that hard. I really haven't been trying all that hard. I've just been eating a little more sensibly and just been a little kinder to myself, a little gentler to myself and taking a little bit better care of myself. And sometimes as we get older, you know, sometimes loving yourself a little bit and taking care of yourself a little bit is just doing the right thing. And that is feeding the engine a little bit better and taking better care of the engine. One way to do that is by actually using one of our sponsors, Factor Meals. And today I had smoky Gouda chicken with roasted red potatoes and Parmesan green beans. 520 calories. That was it for the entire meal, which was wonderful. And boy, was it tasty, I got to tell you. Oh, my goodness. I Honestly, I could have been a glutton and eaten two of them, but I ate one. I was good. I was a good boy. But boy, was it good. It was just such a good lunch. It was amazing. 520 calories. That's it. Two minutes to prepare. You just take it out. You just, you know, put a couple of cuts in the old film. You shove it in the microwave. Two minutes. It was easy to prepare. It was such a delicious lunch. I was satisfied at the end of it. And that was it. That was lunch. And it was chef prepared. And I'm on my way and I'm on my on my way to getting the rest of my work done. I wasn't Logie afterwards. It was wonderful. And you know what? For less than the cost of takeout, I had myself an amazing lunch. You can do that too. It's real simple. And you can do it at a discount. You can do it with a hookup from your buddies here at Darkness Radio. Factormeals.com slash darkness50. Use the code darkness50 at checkout. And guess what? You're going to get 50% off. Try it today. I'll tell you, not only will you get delicious chef-prepared meals and you're going to get yourself on your way to keeping that New Year's resolution you probably had, but you're going to do it with options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus, and veggie, and much, much more. Plus, you've got things like wellness shots, and you've got smoothies, and you've got all these different things to pick from, plus over 35 meals... 35 meal options to choose from every week. You got a lot of variety there, folks. Factor meals, I'm telling you, they're great. These things are great. Give it a try. Factormeals.com slash darkness50. Use the code darkness50 at checkout. Get 50% off. Try that this weekend. Because I know after the Super Bowl party, you're going to feel logy. You're going to be bloated. You're going to have eaten too much junk. And you're going to say, you know what? Tomorrow. Tomorrow is when I'm going to pick it back up again and I'm going to try to diet. Don't diet. Just change the way you eat a little bit and do it with some delicious food. Factor Meals. Give it a try. Factormeals.com slash darkness50. That's going to do it for today. That's going to do it for the week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Have some fun this weekend. Come join us next week. Boy, have we got an exciting week for you next week. We've got, for True Crime Tuesday, a brand new author who's being backed by Mindy Kaling. When I say backed by her, I don't mean like financially backed. Like Mindy Kaling, who used to be on The Office, is behind this book, this crime fiction book that we're going to unveil to you on Monday. Plus, we're going to talk about A Lost Kingdom on Thursday. 
We got a lot going on this month on Darkness Radio and True Crime Tuesday. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the best in paranormal podcasting. This is Darkness Radio.